Hello, Paul here. Thank you for deciding to put this podcast in your ears, these conversations with people who make things about the what, the how and the why of their creativity. If you haven't already, then why not subscribe via Apple Podcast or whatever your streaming portal of choice is. It's on most of them. And if you are interested in creativity, making the things that are most important to you and how to bring all of that more deeply into everyday life, then you might find some stuff of interest at my website, paulmccauley.net. Give that a second. And that's it. Thank you again and enjoy the episode. All right, you like that? That's the sound of my water bottle. And you might also be able to hear the wind outside. That's what we're dealing with, people. How's it going? You all right? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I've been making a podcast, writing a play, and that's been about it. Podcast, play, work, sleep, eat, repeat. That's it. So in this episode of Creative Loving Spirit, I'm talking with artist and musician Scott Lee Andrews, who I spoke to when I was over in Australia back in February this year. Been noodling around trying to get some time to have a chat and stuff. And we managed to do a meeting up in Melbourne one evening. Sat on the steps outside the Marvel Stadium just outside the station there and we had a great chat for an hour. So Scott's a songwriter, he uh, releases music uh, as a solo act um, under his Jaws of Death name and he releases and performs with Exit International which is a three-piece that he's part of and I highly recommend listening to them. They've got a great um, live album out called uh, Live at Le Bub which I'll include the links in the show notes and it's a great introduction well to A, the band and their collection of songs, but also some of the subversive, humorous energy that Scott also personifies, which really comes across in our conversation. I'm not going to say too much more, really, but I'm just going to invite you to uh, imagine it's sunset on uh, a weekday in Melbourne, people are on their way home, the trains are rolling in the background, and on some steps in a quiet corner, you can hear me speaking with Scott. In those moments of flow, you know, there, there's a great sense of skill. Like anyone who sits there and goes, oh, that's a talent I can't draw, just hasn't had the right teacher. And actually sometimes, you know, you have to write so many things, so much stuff, that'll never go on. Because if it's not getting any reaction at all, or just a man, it'll just work out what shit you want. Try harder. So it's having that sense of, well, I'm just making stuff because I know there'll be someone out there and they'll need it. Shooting myself in the foot with a gun of pretension. I'd definitely say an artist. Um, I'd say, like for example, I'm probably more of a songwriter than I am a musician. I don't definitely think I'm a... I wouldn't class myself as a musician. I like constructing songs. I like, you know, ideas coming together. Um, creating something, whether it be visually or musically. I'm not really concerned with technique, I suppose. It's mm. more about ex- doing whatever it takes to execute something. So it's not like working in a particular discipline, it's kind of whatever you need to realise a particular idea. Yeah, I think I think drive at the end of the day is the one thing which um, it makes things happen. Um, and it's one of those things that I feared as I'd get older, would disappear. Mm. Um, but it would seem, unfortunately, that I'm a lifer. Sure, across the bear. It's not like the whole... <laughs> it sounds great, the whole tragic artist and all that kind of stuff. But unfor- it's, it's much simpler than that. It's just a thing. It's just something that... I'm not the kind of person that's really sat down and watched a lot of telly. Um, I'd prefer to create more than I consume. Yeah. I'll go through periods where I consume out of obsession um, because I definitely think I'm a, a person who has obsessive compulsions. Um, but creating is something I find it that is just not even... 
I don't even get to bargain with it. So or control. It. There's like, I'm finding that just making sure that I have more ways of getting the ideas that I have in my head down in some form, whether it be on paper or on phone, a sketch, anything. Uh, the bottling up terrifies me. I think it turns me into quite an evil person. And an outlet for something. Yeah. So it's like the, the whole artist, like songwriter thing, is that, or, or you know, whatever you're feeling at the moment, is that something you sort of arrived at quite naturally and easily? Easily? Were, were you aiming for something, you know, as, as, a, as a teenager or something? Did you have a lot of ambition <laughs> to be a thing? Yeah, I think, yeah? like, this is so weird because I was thinking, I wasn't preempting this. But I do remember, and I still have them, my mum and dad's home, um, sketchbooks or books where I was writing songs, and I must have been about nine or ten. So there was definitely, before I even started my first band, there was loads of lyrics. It was definitely poetry, I imagine. Yeah. Um, horrific poetry. But I've still got them. I haven't burned any of it. Um, and I think it was just, I think it was a point where it was an exposure. The classic, again, cliche story of a boy growing up in small Valley's town, um, saw MTV at my nan's place. Mm. And it must have been like the Cure, Nirvana, um, and a mate that was in the Guns N' Roses. And that was it. It's just like, I want to be a rock star. That Which was is the very thing. different to being in to do with what I do now, I think, yeah. to a certain degree. But that was like the, that was a, a star that, that was put the, you on a particular trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't one of those things back then that was particularly popular, um, uh, especially in Wales, being more sporty, even though it's the land of song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sports were definitely something that you were more encouraged to do, which I did. Um, and I did quite well at I've always been kind I don't mind, I think I don't think it's a bad thing to say, but I ended up having trials for Boys Club of Wales. For, for soccer, football, right? Okay, so, yeah. So, I obviously, you know, and it wasn't even one of those things I really wanted to do. It was like all my mates growing up were sporty. So I did it because I needed friends. Yeah, but so the, like the, the rock star thing and the, and the, the music scene or genre the as you describe the arts. The something was very different to was, sports. Right, and was that sort of uh, kind of countercultural? You know, in the context of what you were surrounded Back by. Back in the day, yeah. yeah but like in terms of your mates and stuff, were you like on your own with that stuff? But or that's the have... strange thing is because like, you know, obviously since you've been here in Australia, we've sort of talk, placebos come up now and again. Yeah. And I used to go out at 14, 15 with my football friends on a Friday night in purple jeans and a cut off placebo belly top, drinking cider, looking to pull girls. Now, all these guys are wearing Ben Sherman shirts, kicker shoes, right? I am the kind of person that they would aim to fuck up. Yet I was with those people. Wow. Which is a, such, because everyone will tell you that being a goth or being a yeah. people, you were at the receiving end of bashings and bullying. But I don't know why, I don't know what it was, but I could go out dressed like that and it was never a rebellious thing mm. because I wasn't rebelling against, like, you know, the school the school groups of cliques. It was just who I think I wanted to be. Yeah. A little bit, I don't know, outrageous or what? Yeah. What What was attractive? Like, what are the qualities you kind of saw in the sort of acts and artists or, or whatever that you you mentioned? You know, what was appealing? I think it was just like they definitely seems to be doing something different. Yeah. I think. Which is obviously quite hard because, you know, I think any time that you factor um, a strong sense of originality into something, you are flirting with the unknown. Um, and as we said, it's a sense that you have to be comfortable with because it is intrinsically an uncomfortable feeling not having a real something to hang a hook on. Mm. You're basically creating the hooks yourself, you're nailing them into the wall and hoping that people will hang themselves off them in a supportive <laughs> way as opposed to any other kind of way. So it's like musically and uh, <laughs> like, was it, was it the, was there a visual or 
like fashion kind of sense to De- it as well. It's not just I'd the audio so. thing. Yeah, it's the, I'd the say. Yeah, definitely attracted to that kind of the things are all, you know, it was always the fact MTV back in the day, I think it was just that combination of sound and visual. Yeah. So you'd you'd get characters, I suppose, you know what I mean? People you'd read about in books who you'd interpret to be more caricatures mm. it was like can you be can you know is that the kind of way you want to display yourself um, but it's really strange because it's not like per- I don't see it as personal branding which I think is a very big thing now yeah is that people are known for their name and their their own personal brand as opposed to an image and a sound connecting to something. Does yeah. that make sense? Uh, yeah, okay. Is that just a, 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 by virtue of the fact that it's sort of we're more conscious about that now, or is it... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As a sort of cynicism to the way it's uh, deployed now. Maybe. I would say so. I definitely yeah. think that I'm probably... would sit with the cynics. Yeah. I know that, like, our friend Pete Strong, who you interviewed, I would definitely yeah, yeah. say um, sharing many pints with him um, we found ourselves on a very similar train of thought yeah. to a certain degree um, but I think it's important to not let cynicism destroy you or yeah. because it's easy to be consumed by yeah. uh, how, is it, how do you square the edge of like you're trying to create a particular image and experience in the work that you do um, without making that um, a cynical thing you know how do you sort of hold hold that line of saying well I'm being authentic and I'm putting myself out there maybe it's a bit outrageous maybe it's a little bit um, inviting attention yeah yet there is uh, an authentic grounding for it I think it's a risk that you take and I think I, I think at the end of the day that the one thing you have to be happy with is the fact that you can't control people's perception mm. um, you can gear something towards a niche or a crowd, if that makes sense. So you can have a an idea of your audience, and if you, you know, if you can attract those like misfits or whatnot, then you. It sounds like that you're talk, what you're talking about or you're expressing is attracting the same other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a time like recently where. The band exit national I started wearing a dress again on stage and whatnot. And then one of the last shows we played in Wolverhampton of all places, there's 20, 30 guys in dresses. You know, I hope none of them listen to this because they're a bit more of the portly kind of side. But it was interesting seeing that we brought that out of that people were supportive in that way. Yeah. So we, there's definitely a fact that you can connect with people. And I've kind of always thought, this is this interview is the first time I think I've ever actually said it out loud because you just made me realise it. Is that I've I've almost wanted I've always like cutting my nose off to spite my face, but I definitely think that there are people who connect with that, and I've tried to think that I am or what I do is a very soul lonely thing, but there are people also out there that feel the same way. I just realised that. Yeah. So when you say, can you like, unpack that a bit more? Cutting off your nose, spot your face, like how? how yeah. Like, can you illustrate that? Anything like I do, like the whole juxtaposition between like a, like, I suppose like, if I was to, in my in my context, it's about like writing a really nice pop song with a massively dark undertone, or double entendres, where. If it was handled correctly by management and in the right hands, you could have a hit on your hands. Yeah. But I purposely choose to to basically take a chainsaw to an angel, yeah. if that makes sense. That uh, does and I, make sense. And I like and I like that. Yeah. I just get off on it. Where does that come from? There's a perversion, a, a perversion thing. for disrupting something beautiful. Yeah. I think is it Fight Club. He says, oh, I just want to destroy something beautiful, which is it's definitely beyond that. I think I've got some, I definitely got, I think, a nihilistic streak. Mm. I definitely, I must 
the more that you goad in me, not accidentally. I definitely think that psychologically I like reaction. Okay. Um, I don't know whether that's a kind of deep-seated need for attention because my upbringing did, you know, I, I haven't got like a, a terrible upbringing to report or anything shameful from my past mm. which would cause that. I just think I just naturally gravitated towards being the person in the room that if I can make people feel uncomfortable, I enjoy it slightly. Can I share an observation? I don't know, um, and I don't know how I'm you, know, you take this uh, as you will. <laughs> it might be off, off base completely. But I was listening to some of your stuff, and I was thinking about um, you know what I've experienced of you as a person in terms of your, like, your personality and two things sort of occur to me that there, there is an anger and an aggression in mm -hmm. like some of the stuff you create and a lot of the stuff you create and there's also um you know and, and there's uh there's also a, a great deal of humor in it yeah. as well and i wonder if that sort of chimes with the whole disruptive thing because in order to make something funny you have to have an appreciation for what it is it's and the, then undercut it you're absolutely right it's the light and the dark yeah um and i think that is a really important Thing that I like. I think if I was, to, I don't know if anyone who listens to this would kind of understand this, but my favourite film of all time is An American Werewolf in London because it's really funny when it's really funny and it's shocking and scary when it's scary and it jump cuts between them both flawlessly and the use of the song Blue Moon at the end of the, after a harrowing ending and Blue Moon kicks in, that jarringness. Yeah. I think that's kind of, I don't, I think I really suffer, I don't suffer the mundane or mediocre very well. So as you're talking, I'm, I'm picturing, and we were just speaking for sight recording, usefully. But there's, um, we were talking about extremes. Yeah. And I'm picturing like this sort of high dynamic range that you can kind of uh, flip, um, you know, quite quickly. It's uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't think it's like it's what's your normal versus what's my normal. Mm. And I think a lot of the kind of like the thoughts or or the art that I've always liked. Um, uh, you know, talk about TV, things like Brass Eye, Chris Morris's Brass Eye, really button pushing. Mm. Um, stuff like Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, the sweet and the sour kind of rubbing against each other in ways that cause tension, um, ominous, mm. unpredictability. Subversive. Yeah, or that's it probably yeah. sums everything up a lot better than I'm kind of doing. But yeah, I I just like messing with people. The needs, um, or it, that you that you're, you're trying to address, or what's the antithesis to it? What is it you're trying to? Uh, what gap in the world are you trying to fill? I think there's definitely an unknown unknown quantity. Mm. Um, I I I'm searching for something which I don't know what it is. Um, if I did know, I don't think I'd be doing it. Mm. I don't think I'm any closer to it now than I was when I was when I'm 36 now, when I was 26, or when I was 16. I don't think I'm any closer to finding it. I just think I'm getting a little bit smarter in bringing it to a wider, exposing it to more people. So it's part of the um, part of the attraction of the process is stepping into a space where you don't know. And one of the things I don't know if that's true, but one of the things uh, when we were speaking the other day, you mentioned about um, willfully as soon as something starts to make sense, or maybe as soon as you've got a a degree of competence around a new skill, you'll kind of rip up the rule book and yeah. take it into again into a space where you don't know things. Has that always been true for the way you sort of go about what you make? Yeah, I'm not the kind of I'm de I'm not the kind of person that reads the instruction manual. Yeah. Um, it seems like a what's the word I'm looking for? 
Not juvenile. It, was, it seems like a really irresponsible way of handling life. Chucking the rule book in a bin. Um, but I think it's a case of that in the search for something original, you need to remove barriers, you need to remove guidance to a certain degree, and you need to be able to find it your own way. Um, for example, like a production, music production. I did a music technology course. I got a two, one, spent most of the time on tour, eating chicken nuggets from a shop that I lived above. I couldn't tell you anything about EQing. I couldn't tell you anything about how you're supposed to record stuff. Um, I've never watched a YouTube video to show you how to mic to record a kick drum, for example. Um, I just literally pork and prod until it sounds decent to my ears. Why didn't any of that stick in that some more formal academic setting? You know, um, is it just because it was just divorced from something purposeful? Two sides of the glass. I think right. one part of the glass was. I wanted to do a music degree, and my my dad always said to me. Well done, son. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse degree. Because my, in my sixth form, they took six of us to Oxford, who they thought would could have gone into Oxford. And the plan was to do English Lit at Oxford. Okay, so um, that, was a, that was an option as well. Yeah. And then I kind of basically went, now nah, fuck that, I'm going to um, University of Glamorgan on their pig, guinea pig first ever year of music technology. So that didn't go down well. No, my, my 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 old man and my mum were just like you you you're still in you're still studying, but obviously at the same time I was still dreaming. Yeah. And I think I spent a lot of the time. The only stuff I enjoyed during that course was the music culture side, which was writing about music from a cultural standpoint and performing mm. and learning about sound waves and all that. I didn't realise that I've actually had to start doing that now because. It was something that I did for a recent tour. I wanted to find how sonic weapons are made. So then I found myself, 20 years later, reading the stuff I should have read when I was 20, you know, when I was 17 years old. Is that, is it because... Um... <laughs> it's a very childish way, basically, thinking that I was going to, music, going to music tech and it would kind of help the fruition of the rock star. Um, where it was, you know, it was quite academic. Yeah. It was a course that they had to justify with academia, as opposed to just having kids who just come out of school who want to be in a band for three years. That's not going to rub with the government or education. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's quite um, irresponsible. So they obviously found a way of making sure that it was um, scientifically. It's a Bachelor of Science degree. Oh, really? Honours degree. Yeah. Couldn't tell who. <laughs> I was speaking to um, <laughs> you know Kips. Yeah. Yeah, Kips, who released the stuff as Goodwill, and um, he was describing how he developed, out of necessity, um, abilities around producing music yeah. because you know he, he saw something he wanted to create and uh, therefore he needed to learn bit by bit the things that would help him get him there. Is yeah. that, does that feel true for you? Is it like, oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm, as I'm, in, um, you know, here's something I want to, oh, want to make, so I'm going to need to learn how to do this. It's, uh, I think, from my experience, from knowing Kips, mm. he's definitely more sensible and I imagine he would be, a, he would, he's of the capacity to be able to achieve via that method whereas I'm definitely as soon as I think if someone tells me to do something a certain way I will probably ignore the advice as soon as my back is turned cut nose off spite face I think it's <laughs> is it? I, I, don't, I don't know what it is it's like you know it's like self is self-destruction to I was wondering, is it self-sabotage? Yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah. Yet, yet I then will sort of say, why the fuck am I not, you know, yeah. more X? But then, to give a practical example of it actually coming into fruition, of that juxtaposition, was when Exit International got um, picked up by BBC Introducing and our song, Chainsaw Song, got Radio 1 airplay 
in the day for a week, which they do for introducing, or they did for BBC Introducing Artists. So you're getting three spins a day over the three shows, mm. which is BBC Radio 1, and that's like a pretty big deal. Now the song in question is about a woman who's had a guts full of men, so she develops a petrol-powered sex toy. Now, see for me, when, and I was in, working in a fancy dress shop at the time, so we'd have it tuned to radio on, it was the only week we ever had the radio on, and when it would come on, we'd be fuck, it was like, customers come in, can't even fucking see you. I'm king of the fucking world, listen to this. But not really taking in the fact that this song is completely ridiculous. It's, it's basically about a woman who straps a dildo to the end of a chainsaw, and that's the only way she can get off, because men suck. And it got airplay. Do you know what I mean? It was a, it was a fucking. Um, it was a love letter to extreme onanism. That's got to be pretty encouraging. That's the kind of thing. So when that happened, yeah, it did kind of make me feel right. I am on the right track. Yeah. yeah. That's a big thing to be exposed to when you have the, the tendencies that I have to the fact that you've gone through that glass ceiling and yeah. that happened. What else has encouraged you on the way? Because it's like, you kind of hang stuff out there and uh, you, you, can, you can be, uh, well, it's, it's, it's that balance, isn't it? You can be kind of, fuck you, I'm going to create whatever I like as much as I like, but if literally everyone tells you to fuck off all the time, then you oh, kind of... Exactly, and I think that there's... So what else is sort of, along the way, has sort of like made you think, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to keep uh, going down this road. I think... Um, there's definitely a certain amount of na ego or narcissism. I, um, I don't think enough people kind of bring it up because at the end of the day you are creating something yourself. You have to have belief in yourself. Um, I think I probably... Uh, I've seen too many crime shows where the fucking, they speak to a psychologist, right? And they start describing a, um, a narcissist, right? An ext or psychopath. Mm. And I look across at my wife and she, they're basically just reading my fucking CV. That's how it feels. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly sit there and I don't feel uncomfortable, but I do kind of feel like... Theme. <laughs> <laughs> outed. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I know, like, you know what I mean? I'm not a killer. Or I haven't committed like any like you know completely well, heinous well, you know, crimes. What, what tendency, for example? But there's like, an art. But I think it's pushing art in that direction. Of, yeah. Like, uh, but what, what about mm, you? Feels narcissistic, or is it just? I, I just think that. Cause that's quite an extreme label. I think uh, I've been told it a couple of times. Hmm. Um, Was it um, a, a level of, having a level of self-belief or? Uh, Delusions of grandeur. I think all of it. I've done my research on it, and sometimes I think. Don't that, you think that some of that stuff so? a little bit necessary anyway for which is what I mean yeah, yeah I think uh, that's it's especially the world that we live in today that um, here to use an example it's a really poor example but like in the kind of like the the Kardashian the cult of celebrity as yeah. it is um, uh, you know uh, artists are, uh, it's a different breed these days mm. since social media it's they are people, they are people who people look up to, aspire to be, like I did when I liked music, when, do you know what I mean? Mm. And to me they were contributing something, because it was like, oh this is a song, it's, or, or something like, you know, music's always been something that saved my life. Mm. But someone who makes a living out of putting pictures on Instagram, no matter how pretty you are, I think, Perhaps I'm being cynical here, but I'm like, there's not, there's an art to it because they're obviously making a shit ton of fucking money out of branding oneself. Mm. It's probably a bit of a kind of like a serious example of, of narcissism um, yeah. as comics, yes. I suppose. Marketing but it works. Than, uh... but, but, you, but that's not a bad thing because that is putting not just, you know, bread on the table, that's paying for the Mexican that you're hiring to clean your fucking seventh pool. But it's not generative or creative in the same I don't way. think it gives anything Adding I don't value to no, the world. which I believe that art is yes. I think that ultimately 
I'd like to make sure that I keep creating something that if I, and I do have a morbid fascination with artists who have passed on. Um, Such as? Kirk Cobain, Elliot Smith, Scott Hutchinson, Richard James Edwards. Um, the 27 me, Club. Where do you want to go? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely got a little bit of a romantic thing. I, I fucking, 27? Yeah. Past that. 33 past that, because that's Jesus Christ's death. I mean, it told me when I was 34. I had one for uh, 23 Awesome Wells, Citizen ah, Kane. They didn't dead. die, but in terms of like benchmarking, God, if I haven't made it by, by this. By that, yeah, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think that it was like, oh shit. Okay, I've missed all the big. I, did, I would have had a body of work, but, <laughs> you know, the wolf. <laughs> It's a weird one. It's a weird thing to talk about because it is a bad. It depends who's listening, but it's not. A, it's a bit of a dark thing, I think. Or well, the romantic attraction to, to that. Yeah, yeah. To, to basically like a. There is no more art being created by X. Yeah. And therefore, the the value is elevated. Yeah. To and the nth degree. Yeah. You hear about the mystical things that are in the vaults. You know, like the Prince or mm. Tupac can release an album apparently every single year for the amount of music it's the element of mystery what mm. would it have been when someone's alive you don't really think consider that yeah what are they going to do what's next when someone dies what would have been next yeah. and there's always an element of mystery to that and your imagination is left with unanswered questions and it's I, like um the fact that they're they're no longer there it's um yeah their story is finite it's neatly bookended yeah you know, and it's, it's always it's and like it's a, the myth. a work of art you kind of go well what's on what's on the edges of the frame that's, that's it you'll never know you'll but ne- you can that's it. imagine and i think and it's been romanticized and there's a it's you know it's not like i don't know it's like greek tragedies and there's there's a mythol there's a myth mysticism a mythology which surrounds it which i think everything is so public these days i yeah. do like the fact that mm. if you're careful you can hide things to a certain degree hide things yeah just hold enough back right is that something that uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're compelled keep, to do keep it in, keep enough in the back just to surprise people, mm. just in case. Well, the, yeah, you, we talk about a mystery there. There's um, that's very closely linked to yeah, the unknown. You know, keeping something um, that's sort of not tangible, that's sort of out of reach. And I'm, I'm like, I would say I'm pretty obsessed by um, paranormal events, mm. UFOs, ghosts. Um, I'm always, I get a lot of song ideas and just good feeling reading um, websites, the high, the more highbrow paranormal websites, I might add, mm. where they compile in news stories from across the world. Of, it's called high strangeness, is, is a quite a highbrow term for it. So if you're thinking of paranormal activity and thinking of the cinema, high strangeness is... I'm not going full tinfoil hat, but I do love... <laughs> those kind of ghost stories the unknown strange technologies just stuff that's on the fringes it's mystery is something that we don't get a lot of these days yeah everything's out there everything is there for you to know like you know you ask someone a question or something like we did the other day and for anyone who's listening to this I have to refer to it was we were talking about the reason why Vine went under and I proposed that someone looked it up on their phone and the rest of us took a stab in the dark. And it was actually quite fun, just yeah. exploring a really inane idea. Mm. Because the answer to the question is right in your hand. Is, in that, your... is that the thing? It's some of a different way. Is, is it, um, you know, we, we'd rather know the answer rather than sit with the question and be left with the mystery that explains popular culture yeah that explains popular art exactly what you just said because the familiarity Mm. is what people it makes people content 
unknown mm. whether it's you don't know whether you're getting paid you get paid next week where you live in they're extreme examples but the unknown I think is an extremely uh, powerful force and I, this is not paranormal related I just mean like uncertainty yes. in your life yeah it's a fucking terrifying thing mm. um, and like even though that when you're there it's really scary I almost kind of try and stick a rope around it sometimes to see what see if I can pull him in well we're lucky enough aren't we now to live in as we do in the west in the 21st century and um, in a uh, in, in an existence where actually uncertainty and risk is very foreign to us. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And that has its benefits, but there are trade-offs, and then there's sort of suffocation of familiarity and just the uh, the plainness of living. And actually, what, the way you talk about... Um, here's, a t- here's a tenuous link that you might go <laughs> now. But uh, attraction, uh, attraction to the unknown and, and mystery... Um, also almost uh, to me is linked to this whole idea of subverting reality is all of those things could be seen as ways of like well here's reality we're faced with in its familiar mundane nature Mm -hmm. and actually you're attracted to things that say no it's not it's this or actually underneath it is this or oh no cut to this and exposing the the you know the mundane nature of you've just described what it's like to um take um any type of psychoactive drug right because it's escaping reality mm. it's um, whether it be alcohol or whatever fundamentally there is a certain amount of and, and it's the unfortunate thing is is that I'm not stupid enough to not know that I'm fortunate to be white fortunate enough to be living somewhere or have the access to arts internet things like that Sounds such, a, such It sounds like the ability for people like us to complain about things is so fucking redundant because how fortunate we are. Unfortunately, that's the situation we're in. It's mm. as simple as that. That's. It would be great. You know, I'm not painting myself as a saint, but I am aware. I'm lucky to be in this position, but I'm still fucking in mm. reality as it is. My reality or whatever. I do try and find ways of escaping it. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's. I think it's. Uh, that's the tension in, in, in living, isn't it? Whatever your your privilege or fortune, that life is suffering and it is hard yeah, sometimes, and reality is just a bit of a slog. It is. No, you're that's absolutely right. And I think that's why, like, art and creating, or any sort of means of giving yourself a purpose. Mm. I think ultimately it does come down to that. I can't imagine, for example, like, if I didn't have, I, I'll say it because this is how I feel. If I didn't have this drive to create, I would probably be dead. How do, how do you see that? Like, because I cannot see myself as like someone, I couldn't see myself, okay, I'm going to re- rebuttal. Got to go back a second. I don't know what another reality is like, right? I only know what my reality is. Your like. life, your existence. Yeah. Seeing the world through but, your but eyes. Even, but that, I'm driven by creativity. I'm driven by scratching an, an, an itch that I can never scratch. Mm. Um, bringing things from my mind onto a paper or onto... Uh, there used to be CDs. Yeah. Um, onto your phone um, whatever but that kind of getting the thing out of your head and giving it to other people that's I can't I don't know what I would be doing with myself mm. I, I it's like I don't it's like I, I see people who have no like artistic or creative bone in their body and not interested in music or art or have a have a passion I'm like why are you you yeah, do you, you know, you probably have a job and you're really good at it, but what's your purpose though? What, what's, what, what's your contribution? Yeah, you know what I mean. You might flip a really fucking good burger, 
and I, you know, I'm not saying that a chef isn't a bad thing. Well, I think chef yeah. is an art form in itself. Yes, I mean, I mean, creativity at the, Any, at the fullest stretch of the, its of it, definition. Yeah, I'm making it too much about art, but I mm. think giving someone a good experience, you created something. Mm. Um, anything that positively enriches someone else's life. Mm. That's um, interesting. You just said that as well because that is um, that is the thing, isn't it? As well as being generative, uh, there's value created in the exchange. You know, yeah. you create something, I experience it, I get inspired, um, or it uh, meets some need in me. Then you know, I'm compelled to go off and, and do something myself. And, you yeah, you're right, and and that kind of like you know, this it's the, it's the hand and down of the torch, mm. the thing of like you know, uh, of being inspired to inspire someone it's a fucking massive deal man I mm. don't if if you inspire someone to do something for what you've done or created I, I, I don't see that personally I wish I could but I think as I've got older I've realised that the fact that people have been moved by something that I've done means a lot more to me than any amount of money that I've own lack of money that I've ever figured it. The fact that you see someone moved, it's easy these days to kind of like, you know, someone likes a picture. Yeah. But if someone takes the time to comment to you or say that, I used to be quite flippant about it until I realized that I would do the same thing for the people that I idolized and worship and still talk about. When you say flippant, um, just you, be, you, not you, take it out, uh, not yeah. really appreciate that someone has taken the time out. And then if I put the shoe on the other foot, how would I feel? And I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm kind of realizing mm. that that it, uh, the reciprocity, reciprocity, yeah, we can both. Yeah, yeah. The adjectives can just disappear now. But that feeling of it's. Uh, What's the thing? It self-generates. Self-perpetuates. Yeah, yeah the self-perpetuation yeah. machine where it just keeps... If it's there, it's if you're banging on a door and no one's answering. Is right? that... Yeah. Do you keep going? Yeah. You know, like we said, the definition of insane. Or oh, well, madness, that whole fucking... Um, I don't even know if it's actually... A, if there's any truth to it, but doing something 10,000 times and getting the same results. Yes. Um, expecting a different result. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's something to be said for someone who will just continue regardless, who does not care what comes out of it. Mm. I'm going to do this because I have been built to do this. I was yeah. born to do this. His, his, Here's an interesting point because, and it is this balance thing like I kind of alluded to earlier, because that is really great, and 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 that's why we get you know uh, visionary creators or artists or, or whatever who see something that no one else does, and even everyone else is going that is never going to work. They yeah. go for it, and um, you can't operate completely in a vacuum. Correct. You you know um, if no one's kind of going for it, then you do need a little spark of... You do need it to react to something. Uh, yeah, you do need it to Otherwise, that is narcissism. Yeah, to, absolutely. To be fully in your own bubble. Fully engaged in your own thing. I think yeah. that reaction is important to direction. So, yeah. you know, even if, you, if, 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 if I was to put it into my example, um, it's a case of kind of... You, you know, when, when you say something, do people laugh or do they frown? Um, and it's the acid test in, in, in regards to your work. And I'd rather it be Marmite. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. don't want to do anything which is just missionary position. I'd like to be really excited. I just love or love because the middle bit is just life. Yeah, we've already got that covered. Then, that's right, that bit's off. That's sorted for all of us, however long it lasts. Yeah. But there has to be some sort of extreme, mm. polarizing feeling towards it. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. And, you know. And I'll take both on the same, with the same merit. I'd rather be hated 
by someone and loved by someone and as far as I'm concerned that what I've created has elicited a reaction that has been powerful yeah because if it's not getting any reaction at all or just a meh then try harder and I suppose if you're jump if you're experiencing those ex extremes through something someone's creative created um, then uh, you know you can go back to putting out the bins maybe a little happier or seeing it yeah it's as simple you know? as that yeah and, and I think that's it I think at the end of the day I suppose I don't know what it's like for everyone else but it's just I do enjoy people when people enjoy something that I've created mm. I do enjoy that feeling has that shifted because you said when you were younger for example getting a comment on something or hearing some feedback didn't mean as much as it does now has your idea of what success uh, yeah I think as well sobriety, sobriety is probably kind of contributed to I'm not, I haven't gone like on zen buddhist and all that but I think I'm definitely kind of hate myself already for saying this but I'm say I'm seeing things through a little bit more of an appreciative lens whereas I think before I don't think I was particularly taking things not as serious but I think I've probably taken myself more seriously um, um, I've let that go a little bit now have and you got more of a sense of humor about, humor about yourself then I think I've, yeah I think so I definitely used to think I was a bit smarter and a bit more special than I was and I think that was just a combination of like years of alcohol mm. plus um, that drives to be a rock star is that a bit of an it's ego a, it's, thing it's, it's, yeah, yeah and I think it's a bit of it was a bit of a toxic thing because I think like I used to think like I want to be a rock I, I want people to worship me when I was younger younger mm. but then I've never been the kind of person I've always been the person that's had to have the business side down pat so whereas you know, you, as far as I was concerned, it was like, okay, I need to work out how to get there. So it, this kind of flies a little bit in the face about the production thing we were talking about earlier. Mm. But in terms of building contacts so or connections with people, mm. I always reach out and ask. If that makes sense. Okay. Not kiss come to me. I was always the person who used to send out a fuck ton of email, a fuck ton of CDs in envelopes to people from like the enemy and all that. Listen to my fucking band. Yeah. That's, that's interesting you say that, because uh, so it sounds quite proactive and um, also... I never thought it would come to me. I always kind of And it sounds like you weren't shy about it either, is no. it? And you had a de degree enough of self-belief in the value of what you were doing that, of course, why wouldn't you want to I think to this, comparatively, yeah? yeah. And like, you know, you kind of like compare yourself to your peers to a certain yeah. degree, especially when you're younger. Um, and I definitely felt that what we were doing was something different. And that was uh, being different was enough confidence to go. Okay, different's good. I'll push that, and I'll because yeah. there is nothing. There was a gap that wasn't being filled, I suppose. So it was like, okay, let's try it. That's really interesting to me because I mean, from my experience, and, and, uh, and uh, I think it's true for other people as well. Some other people being a, a, a younger person and, and trying to do something. Difference is difficult. Difference is uh, difference is scary. You stick, yeah. You stick your neck out. But what's, but you've obviously uh, been able to sort of cultivate somehow uh, this idea that you know difference is a strength. I think yeah, it was never where something. Where that come from? I don't think it was something that was to be feared. And my parents have always been quite supportive. Not don't get me wrong. I've had nothing on a plate. Hmm. But I've never been told no. It's, it's as I've got older, I hear the words, I, I get told you can't do this, you can't do that. So it wasn't like I was like fucking Tarzan and running amok in my house. So, you know, I was like a terrible child or anything. I did really well at school. I fucking behaved myself. I never brought the police home to my parents. Um, so, in, you know, well-behaved kid. But then I think what happened is then, as soon as I hit like 16, I went, all right, fuck this. I'm going to be 16 for another 16 years. <laughs> um, and then you start entering the real world and people will start telling you, no, no, you don't do that or this is different. And I was like, fuck. 
try me or find a way in do you know what I mean not in a kind of like a I suppose there's something punky or not anarchists I'm not about it but there's a kind of the subver you, mm. you've nailed it I think the subversion of actually being like the, the wolf in sheep's clothing to Jeez. a certain degree and actually being in the thick of it you do not know what you're standing next to Of a wind up merchant in a really dry, um, devastating way, but in the most simple, you know, like at the moment, he's I've got a guitar at home which um, was given to me by a guitar company to do this tour that we did, but it looks too metal. And if anyone doesn't know what that means, it's too spiky. And I like my guitars to be. The term is offset, um, and they are defined by hashtag offset as the sexiest type. They've got very shapely shape. Mm. So I said to my old man, I was like, right, I know there's a fella a couple of miles away from you. Do you mind taking it over to him and seeing if he can shave the fucking horns down, stop it being <laughs> metally? My old man took it over anyway, and um, long and short, he goes, I'm gonna, I'll do it. Save us 500 quid. Um, so I give him the specs and I'm really thinking, he's like, okay, so he was, you want it pink? And I'm like, no, Dad. Uh, when we speak on Skype, he will fucking drag me along for the 20 minutes that we speak to each other every week. I purposely try and fuck with my head. And he will not show me what that guitar looks like yet. He's done it. My brother's seen it. Oh, right. My mother's seen it. Oh, that's interesting. So he's... And he's dragging me along every... And he knows it, and that's... Do you like that? Yeah, I love it. I, I, that, because now I'm realising that's where perhaps I get it from. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's exactly. He's, he's opening this space in which you absolutely I've have, got it in my mind. It, I've got it in my mind. I keep telling my brother, get down the garage and take a fucking picture of it. And he's like, nah, dad wants to see you fucking crawl. He wants to see you got your skin. And I'm he's, like, I love it. I, I, I absolutely love it. The mystery. The, the mystery, yeah. the actual um, perverseness of it. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. <laughs> I um, think, yeah. Right now, what do you realise is important to you about how you go about making stuff? What are the sort of lessons you go, oh, no, I've got to go about it this way. This is, uh, this is a non-negotiable in terms of the way I'm going to make um, this thing. Try and have an idea of what the outcome is going to be. Um, delusionally high ambitious for yeah, yeah. To, to a certain degree um, it depends on if something is a project I suppose um, so, so to kind of give it some context um, I'm working on songs for a third Exit International album there is a guide. There's, I'm 10,000 miles away from my best mates who are in the band and I want them to have input. So they've sent me songs that they listen to and ideas and basically it's a back and forth process. But the end goal is to create a better album than the two albums that we have created so far. Only that we're not going to be doing it in a room together. We're doing it with wireless internet and 10,000 miles That's and two times the other. Your it's not yeah it's not how it's not a sensible way to work um, but we found a way you find a way I think um, I think I it depends knowing whether the second guess the other thing the other most important thing is knowing having the ability to second guess yourself and having the ability to switch that off mm. so to be critical but not doubtful. Yes, allowing yourself for something to be an experiment, not failure. N there is no failure. That is basically what I. Nothing is a nothing is a failure. Nothing that comes out is a failure, or 
steam interred or whatever you want to call it it's an experiment it's an attempt it's a trial because as soon as you start pouring doubt onto things you can crush yourself like hard I think and I think that to me the kind of like the nexus of creativity is to remind myself that nothing is a failure it's that little thing might be the piece of the puzzle right at the end that you miss it so that's uh something I believe in as well and on the day in the moment does that scare you ever stepping into a space of right I try not to get I try not I try to let it just let whatever happens happens that and I think that's the kind of it's only when you start to construct something which be, you know when you're on the final straight mm. that's when the most I think the most fear because things are starting to become flesh and blood that's when you find out whether it's a fuck up or a, a win is that about perfection or just kind of it's subjective to a certain degree right um depends how many people are involved depends how many eyes are on do you know what i mean the if it's a solo yeah. if you're doing a solo thing then you only have yourself to um, applaud or blame when you are a collective and you need the other parts of the puzzle to fit it's more at stake but it's also infinitely more rewarding because you've just created something as a family as opposed to mm. a, as a person, you know, as like a, an individual, I suppose. You, um, you, re you produced an, an album solo and then you, you were doing this next stretch of work with, with the band. Is that where your preference lies? No, or, yeah, yeah, I feel more comfortable because I'm, I'm embodying the spirit of my two best mates it's such a strange way of writing an album mm. I don't know if this is kind of it I, I, it's probably been done before mm. but I don't think someone who's potentially as selfish as me has found the ability to tap into the wants and needs of two other people yeah. and then remotely create something which is of essentially will get ticked off by us or all three do you value creating stuff um, as a way of you know keeping connected with your with your friends there's definitely that yeah because I it think sounds like to me thing. like you've found a workaround that's actually it's involved it's given it's me a purpose deep, yeah. it's, it's, there's a, I think it's such a strong purpose to it I don't think I'd be still creating with the same fervor as I would if I didn't have that as something to aim for Mm. Oh, the uh, the ultimate kind of the, the end goal bringing bringing us together. That's awesome. It sounds like connections like more it's important who, to you. Than yeah, it is. It is. You need if you know for us to do a, a third album, then I, I I'm doing like basically everything I can to make the stars align. Yeah, sounds like it's important to you. Um, his, uh, his, this might be a bit of a chunky question to end on, but um, I, was, I was wondering, what's your sense of how... Um, what's your sense of your story of like what you make? How does that run in parallel to sort of how you've grown as a person? Do you kind of chart those things together? Oh yeah, this was when I was that person, I was making this stuff and now I'm doing this. You know, um, do you think about it in that way at all? Uh, I don't think I've changed a lot. Mm. If I'm still like really proud of like stuff, of pretty much anything that I've really any music that I have that has been released, for a better term, I'm proud of, and I still am proud of. There's nothing in the that's been kind of publicly put out there which I am embarrassed of in any way. Um, I don't know whether that's got anything to do with the fact that I haven't really grown or my tastes haven't changed but I suppose it, may, it, it could say that I'm still doing something that's truthful to me mm. it did then I've never done something for the eff an effect of a time if that makes sense yeah. for it to be um, current or of the zeitgeist I've always been me yeah and if it has changed I think that I'm just getting a little more, I'm trying to be a little more cleverer, uh, cleverer, I'm trying to be a bit more, 
like, well, I've, be, I've always been a bit abstract. I'm trying to bring a bit more mean into the abstract. If ultimately the goal was to commercially create something which was accessible, I need to find, I would need, I'm trying to find a way of reining in that abstraction and the humour and the terror into a, into the ultimate commercial form, which, which it could be, which is what I'm going to intend to do yeah. with this record, might not make the mark. But I'm gonna. But that is the, what I'm gonna do. And if I don't make, if it doesn't happen this time, I'll give it another shot next time because I don't see that. I don't see there being an end point. It sounds like um, a reason to maybe to do be. That. I don't know what I'd. I think my lowest points when I think is my lowest points personally are where I feel the well might be dry. Mm. But that making that making whatever it is you're offering you're creating uh, I don't know it sounds like it's making something that people can connect with or more people can connect, connect yeah. with is that the connection thing? I, don't I don't know, know if I, mean, I want people to understand me right. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know I, I don't know I think I'm I don't know why I'm sometimes I think none of us do do you know mm. what I mean but I think it's, is that something that needs to be tackled do you know what I mean yeah um, I think there's definitely I'm becoming a little more focused as I'm getting older I think that like that voyeurism via social media is like something which is as I've kind of backed away from it I'm becoming a little more uh, obvious how disconnected we've come we've become or how connected we've come in a different way I suppose maybe an unhealthy way and it's you know if it's possibility that you know a couple of years down the line that lie there is going to be one or two uh, a band is going to be able to tour from one venue and uh, you buy tickets via your phone for every night and you just watch the band play live on your phone you don't have to be there because that's how for example a lot of people watch bands these days anyway through their phone. So a band doesn't have to physically need to go on tour anymore. You just sell tickets to your town online so and you just have a little broadcast. Imagine it, it's Black Mirror kind of stuff. Yeah. But think about it, it keeps the costs down. Um, you get to see the band. Yeah. There'd be some community. You can watch on, You can watch a film on Facebook. Have you seen this? Oh, what, like as in Shared communally? Film. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they put films in there and you and you all join in, comment and watch and say, oh, I love this bit it's and all this. It's kind of like the reaction video it's, thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's watch. live. The, you'll yeah. see that this film is showing live and then everyone's watching it on their phone. It's going to happen with gigs, man. And then, and that whole thing is like, um, I know we haven't got long left, but oh, there is like, like... Literally about 30 seconds before this Really is important thing is about the physicality of art is that it needs to be present. You need to feel that there's fear. Um, spit, blood, saliva, real stuff, room. absolutely. Because as soon as it becomes too digitised, we are all fucked. Where's the connection? The real connection? The authentic connection? Cheers, Carl. Thank you, Paul. Be good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> people you meet sometimes whose energy or way of being you just wish you had a little bit more of because Scott is one of those people that I think of I wish in many ways I had some of his qualities about uh, experimenting about pushing limits or subverting things and the boldness he has uh, in the way he goes about his work I find it really inspiring and exciting he's it's just an exciting way to view things um, whether you're creating music or whatever, you know. Do have a listen to uh, Exit International and uh, Scott's other music. There's a link to his Bandcamp page in the show notes. Can I ask you a favour? If you came to the podcast 
um, new or perhaps you're an existing listener uh, and you happen to be online, give us a share, give us a recommendation. If you found something that's appealed to you, you've been entertained for a little while, this is all a work of love and it's on the basis of wanting to share and inspire creativity and to promote the good work that my guests are doing. So please tell people, tell your friends about it, point them to the podcast. Other ways to support, give us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I say us, it's just me. Well, it is me and other people, but you know, I'm going to say us. I'm going to say us. It sounds better, doesn't it? Us. There's 20 of us in uh, in a headquarters somewhere making this happen. It's not just one guy in a room, occasionally with some other people in a room. Nah. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. Go check out my website, paulmccauley.net, for any of the other episodes from the podcast, as well as the stuff that I make. What is that? Go check it out. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, paul underscore McCauley. I'm posting every single day at the moment, doing my year-long daily creative practice posts, pursuing my own creative dreams. Thanks again for listening. Come back next time. Okay. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you.